and just this wave of emotions hit me because I had these huge flashbacks of one of the farms that I had worked on was gestation crates on one side and then the other side just this long dark dingy hallway with no light penetrating it where all the pigs grew old and then boom off into the truck for slaughter you know and so I just sat there and looked at it and just overcome with uh, with emotion and I, I was concrete in that you know, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul at that point. You are listening to Plant Strength Radio. Each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism, as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. What's up, guys, and welcome to Plant Strength Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and on today's show, we have Tyler Ware. Tyler is the food and beverage director for Wellesley Country Club in Boston, as well as a private vegan consultant for vegan hospitality under his personal practice, Plant Life Vegan Consultants. Welcome, Tyler. Awesome, Bobby. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to have you here. So before we kind of get into things, let's start with our little icebreaker segment to warm us up. Are you ready to go? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So tell me, what has been giving you strength this week? So in other words, what's currently motivating you to keep going? And this can be whether it's this week or something that continuously motivates you every week. Yeah, man. It's uh, it really comes down to just uh, my responsibility as a human, you know? Um, that's It, it takes... Um, it takes a certain type of person to realize and be connected with yourself uh, to live a full life without cruelty and, and damage to the world, you know? So I, I've really taken that to heart the last uh, month, especially this year with everything that's going on, just you have an ultimate responsibility to be, to be right, you know? So. I love to hear that, you know, and that, that just like really reminds me of, uh, of my dad, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed away five years ago, but like kind of one thing he always would ingrain into me and into my brother was always like living by your ethics and your values and staying true to them and no matter what anyone else says you stand by them even if everyone else is against you because you know what's right and you know what's wrong and always do the right thing and just like live your truth and live by that so i love i love to hear that absolutely that positive that positive vibe out and that positive vibe in you know it is. It really, it really is. Like the, the energy you put out is the energy you receive in return. I, I exactly. fully stand by that, and I see it happen to myself and to so many others, uh, you know, around the world every day. Yep. Um, awesome. All right. So let's get into things. You have like Absolutely. a really big story, and I'm super excited for <laughs> you to share it with everyone here today. So kind of let's 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 start off real quick. Tell everyone how long have you been a vegan for? So I've been vegan just over two years since uh, July 2018 was I, I made the jump. So yeah. awesome, fully fully vegan. I, I love it. Fully so vegan. I know a little bit about you know some background on you. And when you were younger, you grew up on a farm steeped with animal agriculture. So how did that affect you, if if it did in any way, like your interactions with food growing up? You know, it's crazy to say that too. Um, it didn't really affect me at that time because it was just a family business. It was, you know, just what we did and what I all I knew for 18 years of my life, or actually longer than that, because uh, you know I didn't turn vegetarian right away when I went to college. So 
um, it, it didn't really affect me then, you know, it, it really affected me a little bit later in my life. And, um, and it, it hit me pretty hard the day that I, that I realized that for sure. So really, really. Yeah. So what, so what yeah. was it like, like kind of what were the practices that took place on the farm that you yep. grew up in with like, you know, with the animals? So, um, I had two sets of farming families, um, both on my mother's side and they were, um, animal agriculture as well as crop, which would then be produced for animal agriculture, um, corn, soybeans, things of that sort. Um, so we had dairy cows and then we had cows that were bred for beef, of course, as well, pigs. Um, and then we had a pretty big, um, a dairy production as well. Um, the pig production was, was a lot bigger than I had realized it was, uh, back then. Uh, but now thinking back, you know, you start adding it up and it was pretty big too. So. Wow. So yeah. what, what did you do on a daily basis working on the farm? So with me, it was, um, you know, I grew up there because my mom would be in, you know, in school, going to college and, and working double time. So, you know, it was, I, I got tossed into that life, you know, just as like a babysitting thing, you know, to keep, keep busy and, uh, and keep me out of trouble all the way through high school and stuff. And um, so that was basically, I was a part of the milking practice, you know, and I was part of, you know, I would see the, um, the production of the pig side as well and all that went into that. Uh, but luckily, I never really saw more the slaughter side of things and the finishing end of things. It was just all production, uh, pretty much. Right. So you never really yeah. kind of connected with, like, ultimately what the animals were exactly, going exactly. through. You're right. Yeah. Right. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So, well, you're also kind of like before we continue on into the into like your whole story into veganism, you're also really big into health, health and fitness. And for those of you guys watching, you can you can see. You got, you got a pretty big, good, solid frame there. there you you know, I love it. You know, proving that you don't need meat to build yeah, muscle right. right there. I love that. Um, so tell, you know, tell everyone, how was your kind of relationship with food growing up? Was it good? Was it bad? And then also, how did that affect your health and fitness and kind of like where you are today? Yeah, my uh, diet back then was just like a pretty standard, you know, traditional farmer's diet, I would say meat, potatoes and vegetables, we ate a lot of vegetables and a lot of fresh garden vegetables, but meat was still that centric, you know, primary portion on the plate, you know, uh, what I struggled with growing up was was self control is uh, I just didn't have that, you know, and so when you don't have structure, and you don't have self control, you start packing on the pounds pretty quick. So um, I was actually, when I was in second grade, ranked one of the smallest kids in my class uh, to the point where doctors wanted to put me on steroids and, and to get me beefed up. And, you know, after that, and of course, my mom said, no, thank goodness. But um, after that, I started packing on about 15 pounds a year when every other kid was maybe, you know, in that seven to 10 range. Um, so I was getting big quick. So that went all the way through until, you know, I was um, middle school, I was wrestling 200 pounds and above heavyweights, you know, in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And then all the way into high school that continued to just go higher and higher. Um, so I topped out about in high school to 225 range until I finally started making some efforts to try to get my diet back down. So 225. And how tall were you at that weight? At that weight, I was probably five, eight, five, nine. Okay. I was, you know, fairly short and I had a, a growth spurt towards my junior year where I kind of, and I leaned out a little bit, but I had cut all my calories, did a ton of cardio and lost all muscle dexterity through my uh, yeah. junior and senior year. Um, I really saw a difference when I was a track and field guy and I, you know, throwing just went completely out the window. There was no muscular dexterity there to toss a shot put or throw a disc anymore okay. um, because I just, I just cut calories all the way down, you know, thinking that was the way to to get slim fit and, you know, be healthy again, you know? So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's a, it's kind of a common mistake that people make is that mm-hmm. in order to lose weight, you just got to do a ton of cardio and you've got to really yeah. restrict yourself. But really, it's not it's not about that at all. Yeah. It's about like if you're trying to build a lean and muscular spe- physique specifically, you need to resist and strain. And yeah. if you want to lose weight, at the end of the day, it just comes down to calories in, calories burned. Um, so which makes sense. Why would someone would think, okay, I just need to really restrict myself, but it's not about going full on restriction because that ultimately leads to negative yo-yo dieting, binging. It's about really finding that controlled deficit Mm -hmm. that you can maintain and then bringing it back up, you know, between a deficit, between maintenance and really doing it, taking a healthy, sustainable approach. So how, how do you feel like that changed? over the course like what what yeah. kind of started to bring you to a more positive mindset around food um basically um like i said at that point it was just a reduction of calories and then once i went to college man the weight just slingshotted right back on again you oh, know really? but yeah it just um it, again that no control going into a culinary school education type of thing just just was a double negative towards my part so um, it, it slung shot back right back on again. And, uh, it didn't teach me to do it right. The first time I didn't realize, you know, what I really properly needed to do. I just thought it was all cutting calories. So as I grew older, that weight shot back on and I was like, okay, I got to do something different. And, uh, if I want to be healthy again, I got, I got to take this seriously. So you went to culinary school and college. Where, where did you go? So I went to Johnson Wales university, which is in, uh, there's, uh, multiple campuses, but I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. So. Awesome. That's a good, yeah, it's a great school. So yeah, what, what, like, what made you pursue a degree in culinary and, and kind of how did that, because you said once you got to college, that really negatively affected your weight and you kind of were still struggling with that. How, you know, how did that contribute to that ongoing struggle? Yeah, like I said, there was no control whatsoever when you get to culinary school. So you basically just learn uh, the way the structure is, is you have about uh, seven days worth of a class and you try to learn that cuisine within seven kind of double days is what they call them. So you're in the class from about seven in the morning to one in the afternoon. They're all production classes. So you're making the full standard, full fat, you know, traditional recipes of every cuisine and you're making them in buffets. So then at that point, then you're eating all of that and consuming all that buffet style. And then uh, once you're done, then you're like, well, I could eat some more and go to the cafeteria. And then again, buffet style. And it just led into that just overconsumption of food, which was crazy. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand exactly why that would lead to that. And, and unfortunately, you see a lot of professional executive chefs today they're just Mm -hmm. a lot of them are very overweight and they just i don't even know if they realize honestly the calories that they're consuming with cooking with all that oil uh, specifically the oil the butter it just packs on the calories it's so calorically dense i mean one tablespoon which is the average serving size is about the size of your thumb for those of you guys who are watching this episode right now you just hold up your thumb that is one tablespoon of oil and that's one serving of oil that's about on average 120 calories and 14 grams of fat that's only half an ounce yeah. so that means if you cook with an ounce of oil you're adding 240 calories and 28 grams of fat to your meal right there alone in an ounce of oil and that's only about two thumbs worth two with thumbs no worth benefit whatsoever <laughs> yeah like it's just it's yeah. no it's no focus on health and and i i yeah. I, I see yeah. that's like why i feel like america struggles so much yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's not it's like a, it's a focus on taste which taste obviously you want to have great tasting food mm-hmm. but you need to figure out how to make great tasting food in a healthy way. 
exactly uh, yeah additives and it, and it's crazy to think that even with Johnson Wales being the school that it is, um, they they don't have a class dedicated to even plant based cooking or to even you know this structure, this new kind of uh, even not a trend but a lifestyle. Um, so we take one course um, that's based on more healthy options type of thing, but they're not teaching you how to make anything plant based. It's how do you cut the heavy cream and the Parmesan cheese out of your chicken Alfredo, you know? So it's. <laughs> It's, it's crazy to think that even paying that much to go to a culinary school, they don't even touch on to how much, you know, this is really picking up in, in, the, um, in America. So in other words, in the world too. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is, uh, it is pretty crazy to think about. And I wonder like what it's like now for schools and if really they are starting to catch on to this wave of plant-based eating and realizing like how much better it is for people yeah. and how much like flavor you can bring with vegan meals and they're just so much healthier and honestly i really think that it 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 promotes more creativity as a chef as a chef going fully plant-based absolutely i completely agree with that yeah so now how long was it that do you feel like you really struggled with that kind of relationship with food and and when was it that you really decided to take your health and fitness into your own hands and make a change. Before answering that, though, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from Chicken Bites. Hey, did you know that every serving of Chicken Bites has 17 grams of protein? And did you know that they're made entirely from simple ingredients? Visit www.plantstrengthfoods.com to find out where you can get your pack of Chicken Bites and use offer code PSR at checkout to save on shipping. Chicken Bites, always made from ingredients you can pronounce. Support for this episode comes from Plant Strength Performance Coaching. COVID-19 has put a damper on many, many things, but your fitness doesn't have to be one of them. This is not your average program. It is an online fitness platform designed by industry professionals who are dedicated to helping you get in and stay in the best shape of your life. Are you ready to change your life for the better? Then visit www.plantstrength.com coaching and sign up for a free consultation. Plant Strength Performance Coaching. Defy the status quo. All right, guys, and welcome back. So before the break, we were about to talk about Tyler's relationship with food, as we have been talking about, and when it was in his journey that he just decided to take control of his health and fitness. So when was that for you that that you just took that leap and you said, you know what, I'm tired of letting this diet control me. Now it's Now it's time to live healthy. When was that? Yeah. So after I graduated culinary school, um, I met my wife and, um, that was of course, just like almost most vegan guys are probably doing it, chasing a girl, you know, just like I did. So, uh, but we came to our consensus, you know, that we needed to change. We were both kind of overweight and, uh, wanted to do that healthier option. And, you know, we're very big into the climate change and, and that connection to what animal agriculture does to the climate and things of that sort. So right as soon as we got married, uh, we started cutting things out of our diet. You know, we we're reading about grass-fed beef, and then it was like, well, we don't even eat beef that much. So then you start to cut out little by little, you know, and you get down to uh, vegetarianism. And then we held on to vegetarian for about nine years or eight years oh, after wow. 
we got wow. married. Um, so, and I ate fish every once in a while. So, uh, but my wife wasn't a huge fan of fish. So that's kind of what we held on to was the cheese, the eggs. And for me, the fish was the last part. So, and then, um, we got to, my wife essentially became vegan just by default before I did, um, okay. because I held on so long to fish, um, not knowing even why, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah. That, you know, um, so then in uh, 2018, I was actually heading down to see my dad um, for his mom had just passed away. And I, I just downloaded a podcast um, with Nimai Delgado. And, mm -hmm. and uh, he was talking to Paul DeGelder, who was a Navy clearance diver at the Aussie Army and talking about how he had gotten bitten by a hammerhead shark in Sydney Harbor and just all these different kinds of things. And he ends up becoming, you know, a marine biologist and shark advocate and does all these public speaking engagement stuff. So his story is just absolutely incredible. So, but he was talking about uh, bycatch as a matter of fact, and how, you know, all these fish that you think that you're catching, you know, salmon, whatever it is and things in the, in the ocean, they're also catching dolphins and, and all these other things that I actually cared about. So for that, some reason, I just made that connection. If I don't care about one and I care about the other, then how, how different is that, you know? Exactly. And it's, it's like an estimated 40 to 60% yeah. of the marine catch is bycatch. And bycatch is, like you said, all of those sharks, the dolphins, the coral, everything that's brought up that is not intended as catch for like the fish that are being caught for food production, those animals die in the nets and then are just discarded. And that's like on average 40 to 60% of every catch from a fishing net that that happens. And it's insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. So that was definitely one of those defining moments. I just remember, you know, being at my dad's house and just having just a piece of salmon because it, it, it's South Carolina and it's, you know, you can find tofu, but let's be honest here. <laughs> um, so I was just remember myself having that last piece of salmon. I'm like, I'm done. That is it. I'm done. And that was the defining moment. And after that, it was hundred percent vegan from then on. So, so, wow. So it's like really kind of like, just your whole plant-based journey is ultimately what led you out of this negative cycle of like yo-yo dieting, losing weight, yeah. gaining weight, you know, losing weight, gaining weight. And now you're just at a really healthy point in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much when I, I stalled out, you know, my body just I was working your butt off, you know, at the gym and running all the time and doing all the weight training and stuff. And you just sit there at that, you know, 200 to 205 pound range and you can't lose any of the body fat. Um, it just was, it was getting to me. So I knew that something needed to change even further. So that's when I got introduced to Nimai. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He was actually one of the one of the people that ultimately influenced me to uh, go vegan as well. Because when I went vegetarian, I was still caught up on the bro science. I'm like, all right, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to eat meat, but egg whites and whey protein are here to stay. But yeah, then yeah. I was I had been following Nimai at the time when I went vegetarian. I'm like, okay, well, this dude has been veg like was raised vegetarian and he's been vegan for how long now? And he's yeah. he's like that big. Okay, you know what? If he can keep himself in that condition and build that type of muscle, I can too. And at the end of the day, like we just talked about in the beginning of this episode, it's calories in, calories burn. That's right. It, like that's what it comes down to. Yes, if you're trying to build muscle, you need a specific amount of protein for your body weight and for your goals. Not nearly what the average recommendations are of like, you know, like a gram to two grams. Sometimes I've even heard outrageous numbers, like three grams per pound of body weight in protein. Yeah. 
No, you don't need that at all. Most people don't even need like bodybuilders, depending on your body fat percentage, you don't even need a gram of protein per mm-hmm. pound of body weight. Um, so like once I realized that too, looking at Nima, I'm like, all right, this dude can do it. I can do it too. Just yep, let me figure absolutely. this out. And then once I just was like, okay, these are the food sources that I can eat. Bam. Yep. I just went vegan too. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. So just after that, um, uh, my wife actually introduced me to not necessarily to him, but uh, his um, tr- true strength challenge. Mm. I said, man, that's, you know, that could be the change that I need, you know, just, just give me a little motivation and, and jump into one of these challenges, just see what happens, you know? So um, come around uh, January in 2019, I joined one of his eight week challenges um, as like a new year's type of resolution thing. And, and I found some success for sure. Really? What, what was your transformation like over those uh, eight weeks? Yeah. So actually did a eight week challenge and then I jumped into another. So over 16 weeks, I went from uh, about 20, 25% body fat, somewhere in that range down to a 14 and a half. Wow. Uh, visceral fat went from 13% down to a 7%. Um, so I dropped, or 6%. So I dropped seven percentage points total on my visceral fat. Wow. Uh, I look pretty shredded, man. It was awesome. That's insane. Yeah. And so and for people, guys, for you don't know like what visceral fat is, that's that fat that is beneath your stomach wall. That's kind of like within your organs. So that's, that's crazy. And that, that yeah. actually really will make a big difference for your overall health and also your conditioning level, because just like taking in all that oxygen, if you have like a lot of fat in within your organs, it's going to be so much harder to move. So you really want to lose that visceral fat so that you're going to function better. You're going to be healthier overall, you'll perform yeah. better. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So I never really heard of visceral fat until I started getting the body scans and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's where the doctors are paying attention to, to see if you're really healthy, you know, that fat around your organs and stuff like that, you know? Um, so when I got that down to a six, man, I was just like, you were happy. yeah, it was crazy. That's awesome. So what, what yeah. kind of scans were you, uh, what were you, what scans were you doing? So there's a place near here that's called uh, InBody 570, um, yep. and they have um, a couple of those. So that was the main one to uh, measure all the body fat and all your different limbs and your core, all that kind of stuff, your muscle mass, your water weight, what you're holding on to, all that kind of stuff. And then on top of that, um, they had another scan that would do a 3D printout of your body. And that was just absolutely incredible, too, because you can just really see the difference in uh, in your posture and you know all these different things that you never really think about on a daily basis. So. Yeah, I think I, I think that's like a DEXA scan. Yeah, it's pretty similar to that. Yeah, it's DEXA. I think is where you lay down on flat, and it does the scan over the top of you. This is a stand up and rotate oh, around. This is stand up. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. Different. It's a pretty cool. It's a three D image, and then you you know if you get really shredded, they'll print out a three D image of yourself if you want. So that's pretty. That's <laughs> Maybe pretty one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually never got. I've never got uh, any of those scans done. There's also like the bod pod, and there's also hydrostatic wang. I haven't had yeah. any of those done. Uh, yeah. but it's definitely something I do want to invest in at some point just to kind of see how my progress is and where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. So it was great to find this place because it's only like 10 or $15 to get the scan and gives you some really scientific data to back up. You know, you feel one day you go in and you just feel like you're totally fat again and you know, <laughs> you've lost all control. And then the, the numbers say something totally different, you know? And so it just, it keeps your mind straight instead of guessing all the time. It's that's, you know, you're going in the right direction. So totally, totally. Yeah. So kind of, uh, you know, one congrats on like that weight loss and Thank just you. like seeing with where you're at right now, you're definitely an inspiration for Thank so you. many people. Um, and you're living proof that you can build muscle without eating meat, which is crazy. Cause like the most, 
muscle that you gained and the best part of your fitness journey was when you went fully vegan. Yeah, yeah. It was a journey, especially down from, you know, I was topped out at 265 after culinary school when I just went absolutely crazy and, and met my wife. And then to be down to 175, you just, you know, feel lighter than air, you know? Yeah. So, and how tall are you? Probably like 5'10, 5 5'11 5 uh, now? Yeah, 5'11. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that five, wow, that's, that's pretty lean. Five eleven, one seventy five. Yeah. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. 14 and a half. Yeah. And I looked pretty good. You know, I, I was shredded down and then, um, so that was two shreds with Nimai and then I kind of took a break and came back and did a bulk with him. So I was still pretty, pretty lean, you know, uh, but I had put on a bunch of muscle and then that's when the calendar shoot came along too. So it was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Tell it, tell us about the calendar shoot. So the calendar shoot, so my uh, wife and I, we volunteered a couple of different san- animal sanctuaries here. We uh, foster dogs um, through a couple of different rescues, but um, our main uh, focus right now is the farm sanctuary in Sherburne, Massachusetts. It's called Unity Farm Sanctuary. Awesome. Um, and it's uh, Dr. John Holomka. He's the president of the Mayo Clinic and his wife, Kathy Lomka, um, is, they're absolutely amazing people, um, but they're a fairly new sanctuary. Um, so we've been working with them, volunteering there for the last couple of years and kind of building responsibilities and things. So I got the opportunity to uh, build a, a vegan fitness calendar with them using some of their uh, animals and some vegan fitness models uh, and a couple of different other animal uh, farm sanctuaries around here as well to kind of help build proceeds for them. So it was a cool little project. So we just got it launched uh, and it's available uh, for purchase now. So. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Where, where can yeah. people get it? I'll, I'll definitely yeah. be linked in the show notes below. Absolutely. So you can check it out. It's unityfarmsanctuary.org and slash shop. Just go to their shop and uh, you'll find it there on the, on the page. Awesome. You guys heard it. So check the description if you're watching this on YouTube and then check the show notes if you're listening to this podcast, unityfarmsanctuary.org slash shop to pick up a calendar. And that's for 2020 or 2021? That's a 2021 calendar and only 15 bucks. So. Good, awesome. Good so, holidays, cool. Man. so cool. So cool. Um, so it seems like kind of connecting everything back to the beginning, how we were talking mm-hmm. about you grew up on a farm and now you're volunteering for a farm animal sanctuary that's saving farm animals. Yeah. Veganism was so much more than just like health and fitness for you. It was really like a ethical shift too. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was when, um, that was when the ethical transition happened for me as well. So we, once we started getting involved with this farm sanctuary, any type of vacation that we go on now, we're obviously looking for a farm sanctuary to visit or to volunteer at. And, um, and so we got the chance to visit the original farm sanctuary in Escondido, California, when we're out in LA visiting. And, um, that was when one of the most defining moments when I realized that my past had, had caught up with my future and kind of connected, you know? Um, so when you sign up for the, the tour, they, they kind of give you a little brief description about the animal sanctuary and how it got started and all that kind of stuff. And so I was sitting there in this little theater that they have. And, and then as soon as the, the video was done, you turn around and there was a gestation crate from a pig there. And just this wave of emotions hit me because I had these huge flashbacks of one of the farms that I had worked on was gestation crates on one side. And then the other side, just this long, dark, dingy hallway with no light penetrating it where all the pigs grew old and then boom, off into the truck for slaughter, you know. And so I just sat there and looked at it and just overcome with uh, with emotion. And I, I was concrete in that, you know, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul at that point. So. Wow, that's really, that's like really, really powerful to hear. Yeah. Like yeah. even just hearing about it and just like, I can only imagine what it, what it was like 
because of all the things that you experienced growing up and then just connecting with that. I kind of had like a similar experience. Uh, I recently started going to vigils. Uh, I, I, you know, I've gone to a couple of vigils down in Newark, New Jersey, now that I'm living down in New York City. And uh, I had seen like these vigils on Instagram and on social media and those like seeing people going to these vigils would if, if uh, for those of you guys listening who don't know what a vigil is basically uh, the it's usually a animal save uh, will partner with yeah. the slaughterhouse and they'll uh, allow uh, vegan activists to stop the trucks outside of the slaughterhouse that have the animals on it and they get to uh, go up and, and pet the animals and show them some love and some passion give them some water and if they have food give them some food because these animals have been on these trucks for like one to three one two three even four days without food or water just in their own feces and that doesn't even account for like the months of suffering that they went through yep. and like actually going to one and experiencing it in person and and like seeing the animals face to face and then petting them and then just seeing like the look in their eyes and you realize like these are beautiful sentient creatures they have thoughts they have feelings they have souls like they're just sitting there like what did i do to deserve this and you can see the fear in their eyes and you can feel it and it's just so moving i it just made my passion for veganism and I was already so passionate for it. It just made me become that even more passionate. And now like I'm so much more vocal on my social media about activism. And I even like, I put it in my bio. I'm not just a vegan athlete. I'm a vegan athlete and activist because it's just like, it really is that important to me. Cause I imagine like, what if it were you like, for example, Absolutely. what if you were in that or like anyone listening, what if it were you guys that were in that position where you had no right to your life and someone was trying to take it like what would you want me to do for you if you were in that position and and 100 of the time you'd want me to stand up for you to try to save your life if i had that ability to to Absolutely. speak out against your oppression and so that's like yeah it's just really like it's really been powerful for me specifically and again like i i can only imagine how powerful yeah. that moment was for you and and look what it did now that you're just going to all these sanctuaries and now you volunteer yeah. one regularly yeah, that was definitely the time when I said, you know, I need to start telling my story and I need to educate people that this this is what happens. You know, this is this is real life right here. Yeah, this isn't like so. this isn't this isn't a joke. This yeah. isn't this yeah. isn't a joke. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing how much you do for the animals. And and now, I mean, it's even led you to becoming a, a vegan consultant for your own business under Vegan Hospitality Worldwide. So kind of tell us what was that experience like and, and yeah. how did that also did if that did contribute to you volunteering, uh, you know, at farm uh, various farm animal sanctuaries? Yeah, so um, we were volunteering at the sanctuaries first, as a matter of okay, fact, okay. and then we started to um, think about ways, you know, I, I got to this point where my career now and my morals were not necessarily connected where I needed to be. Um, so I'm the food and beverage director at Wellesley Country Club, like you had just you mentioned at the beginning, um, and it's by far not, you know, the most vegan friendly place in the world, but um, that I just noticed at that point that I needed to connect my career with my morals any way that I possibly could, even if it was just step by step getting to that point. So um, and one way I could do that was by becoming a vegan hospitality consultant. So I can use my background in the food and beverage industry and my knowledge of how things run 
and try to help restaurants uh, become more vegan friendly, train their staffs, train their chefs, develop recipes for them and be their biggest advocate to hopefully make a, a stronger vegan community around me. So. I love to I love to hear that. So, what does your work entail for? Because your your uh, practice is plant life vegan consultant. So, what does your yes. work uh, entail? Yeah. So basically, um, we're a certified group. Uh, we're worldwide. Uh, so we have consultants in uh, various different countries here in the United States and different states and things of that sort. Um, but we all do have the same mission. It's to go in and, and represent ourselves as a regional uh, person in the vegan community and and basically product source for these restaurants. Uh, and help change, you know, their mindset and really help, you know, get vegan options onto the menu and know that there's, there's some uh, business there that they're missing out on. And, and, um, and we can attract a lot of people based on just us being vegan. And, and we have the veto vote is what we call it. You know, if there's four people in a car, one person's vegan, guess what? They have the most dietary restrictions. That person gets to choose where they eat. So I'm bringing three three meat eaters with me, man. So if you don't have any <laughs> options on your menu, you're missing out on a you know four person meal. So yeah, yeah. Well, I I should start applying that. I usually just yeah. go with the majority and make it work for me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you should take advantage, man. Take the veto, the veto vote. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like you got that. the veto vote. So that's a good one. So yeah. how do you how do you apply that to Wellesley Country Club and with the so, beverage director? Yeah, it, it's great because um, I, I've built up a reputation at my club as well as as knowing a lot about food and and I you know don't just throw all these vegan facts in their face and be like you need to change and you know I need to work with you and I, uh, we actually have a Brazilian chef so it's a very meat centric mindset from his culture and um, and he's even seen the light of day that you know veganism's on the rise and we pull our members to to see what they want as well and and it's a very um, well to do community uh, well is it's one of the top country clubs in New England. Uh, so we're doing about $16 million worth of business a year. Um, wow, so it's, it's pretty, that's pretty, amazing. pretty crazy place. Yeah. So, um, but they want what they want. And so with this plant-based, not trend, but this healthier mindset that's come along in the last couple of years, um, it's been an easier transition for us. So he really trusts me to do a lot of stuff and, uh, and it's a relationship that works well. So. I love that. I, I've seen some of those dishes that you post yeah, on your Instagram of yeah. the meals, the plant-based meals at, at Wellesley. And it's like, wow, I might need to just take a trip out to just yeah. have those meals. <laughs> yeah, come out and play some golf too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any mini golf? I'm not really like yeah. a golfer. <laughs> we'll uh, put you on the carriage course. It's for the kids. So. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. No, yeah. that, that's, 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 uh, that's really cool. I love to hear that. Maybe. And now we just, you know, we just released our new plant-based meat chicken bites. We'll have to have that discussion Absolutely. about potentially featuring them there at the country club and just hey, letting love to have it thing and, uh, and making them all nice and into some fine dining meals. Absolutely. We'd love to have it. Love. I, yeah, I love to hear that. So, yeah. So before we before we continue on right now, I'd like to take a brief moment to highlight our team member of the week, something we do every episode to show our love and appreciation for our ever-growing family. Hey everyone, I'm Will Brooks and I'm proud to be this week's Plant Strength Team Member of the Week. You guys can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Will Brooks Official. If you came to me as someone looking for advice because you're on the fence about starting a plant-based lifestyle, I would tell you that the main thing you need to remember is your why. Why are you doing this? For the animals, for the environment, for your health, whatever your reason is, 
you need to remember that because it's 2020 and let's face it there's people out there who don't like vegans there's people out there who don't agree with veganism and they're gonna make convincing arguments as to why so when you are strong in your why or your foundation this is gonna allow you to stand the straight and narrow it's gonna allow you to stay consistent and it's gonna allow you to learn as you go without someone else's argument kind of derailing your own momentum and movement uh, trust me on this you know whatever your reason is the animals aren't gonna care the environment's not gonna care and your your health isn't gonna care you're gonna benefit no matter what way and what angle you go about this but remembering that why will ensure that you do this for the long haul all right guys and now it is time for my favorite part of the show our growth spurts and growing pain segment so it goes things changing I know that though I've got no control that's just the way that we grow and no one told me what's ahead on this road so until I break the for those of you who haven't heard of this segment before, at the end of every show, we ask each guest what a recent growth spurt of theirs is, an accomplishment that they're proud of, as well as a growing pain, something that they're still trying to get better with. Both of these can be health, work, or life related. So with that, we'll start right at the top. What is a recent growth spurt of yours? You know, my uh, my biggest growth spurt lately has just been learning more about myself. Um, I'm just trying to invest more into, again, the healthier lifestyle and uh, been more connected with the, the lifestyle and how things run and things of that sort. But um, over this time, I've, I've just learned, you know, what motivates me, what direction I want my life to go in. I'm 34 years old now. I'm no spring chicken anymore. So... Um, I basically want to make a difference and I've just hit that point in my life where, you know, I, I need to, I need to get some stuff done and, and put my, put all my positive energy into good things and, and see what I can do. I love that. So it's like, that's yeah. just self-awareness of this is my life. I have full control over it. I know what my passions are. My morals are. Let me align everything with that. Yeah. And it's not to be ashamed, man. It, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be ashamed to come from a, you know, farming family background. And then every time I go home for Thanksgiving, they're like, or Christmas, they're, you know, trying to adapt and, you know, to make me feel welcome. It's, I never really saw it being like that, but, uh, I'm glad that I have their support and, uh, you know, they, they really try. So. Yeah. I love that. And that, that can always be tough when going vegan and, and most or pretty much all of your family isn't vegan. And, it's just, uh, it, it is it is difficult with that kind of battling with your morality versus what you were raised and grown up on. And just yeah. because of, uh, just because you were raised and taught one certain way, that doesn't mean that that way is right. And it doesn't mean that it is what you have to do, especially if you feel very strongly against it. So I definitely, you know, I commend you for that. And that, that, that again, it's just like, you know, you're, you lead by example and you set an example for those people like, you know, I hope you guys listening and watching this episode right now can, can, you know, learn from Tyler and, and just see how he's an example that you can stand by your morals. And when you do, I feel like you kind of, you in a sense, you command that respect and people realize, yeah. Hey, you know what? He's, I'm like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna change for anybody. We just got to let him be him. Yep, Instead, exactly. if people realize they can change you, they're going to try to change you. But when they yep. realize they can't change you, they just give up trying. Exactly. It's exactly what happens. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what would you say is a growing pain of yours, something that you're still trying to get better with? 
Yeah, it's something I've struggled with my entire life, actually, is I, I've just never had self-confidence, even, you know, when I put as much effort into the Nimai training and yeah, I was ripped and, you know, I was still finding that little bit of doubt as, you know, I could have worked harder or, you know, pushed a little bit harder in this, you know, lift or whatever it may be, or, you know, I could lose that little bit more fat, you know, it just really just wore on me. And that's something I've dealt with my entire life, but uh, it's gotten a little better um, being the vegan hospitality consultant and really starting to to redirect my life positively, you know, into that kind of that industry. So, yeah. So what, what do you feel has uh, been helping you get better with that specifically? Yeah. It just, um, again, with, uh, Meredith Marin, who is the vegan hospitality tours, or, um, she's the, the CEO of that company. She, she really focuses on, on self building, you know, you're building your self-confidence and, you know, breaking down those walls. So she, she really has a great structure. Not only is she teaching you how to interact with these high-class restaurants and resorts and things of that sort, but she's also helping you build your confidence, uh, and get out there, you know, and, and fail a couple times. And it only makes you that much stronger and you just learn and, you know, it, it, it's not over. You know, if you fail, just, you got to keep on learning and keep on going. So every failure, don't treat it as failure, treat it as an opportunity to learn, to grow and to get better. That's that it, it's huge. And it really does like with any, anything that you're doing in life, whether it be with your health and fitness, whether it be with your profession, whether it be with family, recreational sports, maybe collegiate or professional sports, whatever it is you're trying to do, like you, it really does start with the mindset. It, it, the, your mindset, it, if you don't have the right mindset, even the smallest of tasks are going to seem daunting. So once yeah. you develop that as self-awareness, that's where it starts. That helps you develop that strong, positive mindset. It helps you develop that real sense of confidence. And then that just unlocks the doors to so much growth and potential yeah. for you with everything that you do in your life. Yeah. All the endorphins start flowing and everything feels good, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think that was a great way, great way to end the show. And before we do things though, tell everyone where can they find you online, both on Instagram, Facebook, uh, with the Wellesley Country Club, et cetera. Absolutely. So um, my personal Instagrams and things are uh, PL Vegan Consultants on Instagram and uh, Facebook, as a matter of fact. So you can find me there. If you're looking for a vegan hospitality consultant, you can check them out at vegan hospitality consul- uh, veganhospitality.com and search for um, any of one of my colleagues that may be around your area to get in contact with to make your uh, community a little bit more strong. And then I had mentioned uh, Unity Farm Sanctuary. You can check them out on Instagram as well and catch up uh, on that calendar and uh, see some of the vegan athletes we had in that place. Yeah, and that's also unityfarmsanctuary.org. And then if you go to the shop page, that's where you'll be able to pick up that calendar. And then specifically talking about your consulting practice uh, for people who are interested, what area do you consult for specifically in the United States? We consult with anybody in New England. There's actually a couple of consultants in Massachusetts here myself, um, but anywhere in New England that would be. And we, when since COVID hit, we were doing uh, consulting for South African resorts and things of that sort. So it was an opportunity to do it virtually as well. We offer a variety of different packages and things that we can help uh, work with some of the restaurant owners or uh, hotel owners, resort owners, things of that sort. So it's really worldwide. So if yes, anyone yeah. is, is seeking a vegan consultant for their restaurant, they can seek you from anywhere in the world now exactly exactly yeah kind of like a blessing in disguise COVID has yeah. been people have yeah. like that's I've been saying that for the longest time and businesses are really starting to realize how much benefit there is to being online how much you yeah. can do absolutely yeah 
All right, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Thank you so much, Tyler, for coming on the show. It was my, it was a pleasure. Absolutely, man. I got to learn how to do a backflip and a handstand like you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when we, when we link up someday, when I come up to visit Unity Farm, I'll definitely make sure to teach Absolutely. You. Yeah, Absolutely. Bring sure. some of those chicken bites with you, all right? Oh, you know I will, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, again, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to like, share it with some friends. And, of course, until the next one, as always, I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and this is Plant Strength Radio. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Original theme music by Alex Brinkley and Tyson Bryce. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Strength Performance. Plant strength, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.